0: Hey there, King of Kings family. Welcome into another episode of Beyond Sunday Sermons. My name is Dan Hoppen. Alongside me is Caleb Hack. And our goal with this podcast is to take the weekend message at King of Kings and further dissect it, just pull out some interesting nuggets and provide some context from our lives. Uh, it's just been such an awesome experience getting to do this podcast and, and getting to kind of talk through the Sunday sermons and how we're going to live beyond that. But today we have to start in a different place. We have to start two days before Sunday. That's Friday night because something really cool happened on Friday night. Caleb, you led this charge. Take it away. What happened? Well, we had our Kids Count Bricktacular
1: Family Building Competition, the The longest title for the best event. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a blast. We had 185 people come, which was a lot more than last year, and a lot of guests, a lot of uh, friends and neighbors that families invited. We got to do a build challenge that they get. And this is all Lego. This is all a LEGO-going Lego competition. Uh, well, I'm a huge Lego nerd. Yes. Just visit my office sometime and you'll learn that real quick, <laughs> but, but, uh, the families got to work together to, to build, uh, all around the theme of outer space. So we had a lot of spaceships and space stations and planets and, and it's awesome. We give out prizes and have a gospel moment. And uh, it was just a phenomenal, phenomenal event. Uh, there was there was one boy who won the the third place prize. He'd been eye- eyeing that water bottle the whole time. Uh-huh. And when he won it, he was like, yes, this is what I've always wanted. <laughs> it was so funny. But just to see families connect and uh, have fun together and, and get creative and spend time with one another laughing and building, it was awesome.
0: Were there any like really cool stories that you saw come out of that or people that you saw at that event that you don't normally see around King of Kings? Yeah, there were a lot of people
1: that uh, were new first-time guests um, that had had signed up with friends that told them about the event, so that was super awesome. And um, There was actually a, a children's director from another church that brought some kids from her church really? to our event because I told, told them about it, and they came to check it out, which was super awesome. And then uh, it's just so great. There was one family that invited their neighbors, and they'd invited them to a few other events here at king of kings and the family had never made it they'd registered for a couple but hadn't come but they came to the Bricktacular and and had a lot of good things
0: to say about it gosh that is so i mean that's what it's all about right there like sometimes i i feel like you know people ask us like why do we put on events like the Bricktacular or the back to school event or you know events that aren't necessarily directly related to faith that's why because when we when we just provide that opportunity for people to get into a church and see that church people aren't scary, church isn't scary, it's actually a lot of fun, they're more likely to come back on a Sunday. And now I can't say for a fact that this was this guy's first Sunday, but there was somebody at the Bricktacular event on Friday night who I'd never seen before, and then I saw him again on Sunday morning, and that might have been his first time. I'm just like, that's so cool. I love that. I but, love to hear that. Yeah. That, that maybe this event was just that gateway to let him be like, okay, you know, I I can go to church. This is, this is fun. This is okay. These people seem nice. Let's do this. So anyway, Lego spectacular it was awesome. Watch for that event next year, because I have no doubt we're going to be doing that again. It's, it's going to keep success. growing. All right, let's get into first Thessalonians, which is our current series. And this past weekend, our lead pastor Greg Griffith took us through First uh, Thessalonians one, or excuse me, four one through eight. And this is kind of a wild chapter. I mean, we go all over the place. Paul talks about living to please God, sexual purity, God's will for our lives. I mean, th- there's a lot in these eight verses. So I'll open it up to you, Caleb. What is going to last in this message beyond Sunday for you? Yeah, I think. Uh- the title of the message is about
1: living different. And, you know, uh, Pastor Greg talked about being called to be set apart. So I think that's what sticks with me is that each and every one of us is called by God and um, we've been sanctified. We'll get more into what that word means, I think a little bit, but uh, that means we're, we're set apart and God has chosen us for a
0: purpose. And we want our lives to look different from the rest of the world. Yes. And actually that was my takeaway as well. We don't discuss this ahead of time, but that I mean, when I look at these verses, it's it's First Thessalonians 4 3 that sticks out. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. Like so often I feel like people ask the question, What is God's will for my life? I wish I knew what God wanted for me. It's right there. He wants us to be set apart. And sanctified is one of those words that I feel like gets often thrown around in church and people know that it's a good thing, but they don't exactly know what it means. Um, so I looked it up and to sanctify means to set apart as or declare holy, free from sin, purify. So what what does that look like to you, Caleb? What does it mean to be sanctified? Yeah. So there's, there's really, I think, to get theological, two sides of a coin
1: for when God has saved us. He's redeemed us. He bought us through his death on the cross. And we talk about justification and then sanctification. So justification would be you've been justified through Christ, and that means that you live... You know, when God looks at you um, at the end of your life, he sees only what Jesus has done. You know, you don't have to do anything to get yourself into heaven. God's already done it. Sanctification is a little bit different because it really includes all of the effects of God's word in us. And so when we think about the way that we live, we, we're we living a sanctified life as believers. So really to kind of narrow that down, it means that spiritual growth is what follows the justification. So the sanctification follows it. And it's by God's grace, you know, that we are able to cooperate with him. We're able to do the works that he said ahead Uh, of time for us to do. So, you know, that can come about in many ways, you know, by our faith growing daily, as Greg talked about. And, um, you know, we are stronger in the ways that we love and the ways that we um, present ourselves to others. Um, It's not about like, oh, our good works, but what God has done for us already. And, you know, sanctification shows Jesus to the rest of the world.
0: Dude, I swear you could have like, been looking at my notes ahead of time. Like we are (laughs) on the same page because I wanted to bring up the justification, sanctification thing as well. And you said it beautifully. So I I won't add much. The only thing I'll add is a little bit of scripture in Hebrews 10, 10. uh, And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So that's the justification that you were talking about. We are holy. Once we accept Christ's sacrifice for us, bam. We're in heaven. We are a part of God's family. But sanctification is also a progressive work that is done by God to make a Christian more like Christ. And we have to, you know, come alongside and and be a part of that as well, be a willing part of it. So what is that like, what does that look like for you, either in your life, or what's an example of it that you've seen in other people's lives? Oh man, I mean there's a a whole variety of ways
1: and I think what I what I think about when I think about, you know, living a life set apart is there's really um a theological idea that there's these two realms, the temporal, the earthly realm and the spiritual realm, you know, or kind of you could say the kingdom of God, you know, or the kingdom of earth and um, in a worldly sense there's so much that we can get into that is not what god wants for us and so being able to live in a way that we're following god's word doing what he asks of us it's going to be totally countercultural and so for me you know it, it's just in the way that i live where maybe i'm not going out partying or i'm not um you know doing things i i shouldn't be doing or i'm following you know god's word and and the law versus you know just living my own life you know kind of satisfying my own
0: fleshly desires. I'm sure that I have a more recent example in my life, but the first one as I was reading this that came to my mind was when I was a freshman in college, I decided like I made a decision I was not going to to drink, like underage drinking not going to be my thing. I went to this tiny college out in Hastings, Nebraska called Hastings College. There's nothing to do out there. Like the most fun thing to do is like go to Walmart. There's the Kool-Aid museum out there. I, d- <laughs> I suppose for an 18-year-old freshman, that was not the, at the top of my priority list. What I'm trying – I'm not trying to hate on Hastings. I actually really liked going to school there. Very good school. But there's there's not much to do. So usually what you do is you party on the weekends, on Thursday nights, whenever you can – and basically everybody else did. And I would still often go to these events and hang out and people would offer me drinks and I'd be like, nah, you know, I'm, I'll be the DD tonight. I'm, I'm fine with that. And people noticed, I I definitely got made fun of. I got called a, you know, a, a square. I got in much worse terms that I can't say on here or else I'd get fired. But people also said, dude, like, Why aren't you doing this? And I was just like, well, you know, it's it's not only against the law, but like it's in the Bible. You know, it it calls us not to get drunk, and I think that that had a bit of an impact on people. Now, I'm not saying that anyone like converted because I didn't drink or even went to church because I didn't drink, but I think that just showed something where they could be like, hey, that dude's cool, and he's a Christian, and he's standing up for what he believes in, and I think. That is just one very, very small example of what being sanctified can look like. It's just standing apart from the culture in a way that makes them take notice. Yeah. Yeah. I love uh First
1: Thessalonians four verse three. It says it very plainly, it's God's will that you should be sanctified. And he go it goes on in-, in there, but to think about God's will. We we spent a little bit of time in the in the message on that as well. Um One of the verses that stands out to me about God's will is a well-known verse in Romans 12 too. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. God's will for us is perfect, but that first part, do not conform to the pattern of this world. That's exactly what we're talking about here. The pattern of this world is... I mean, debauchery, right? It's it's the things that, uh, that get talked about later on in this passage in Thessalonians, um, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God, and that in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. So God is telling us to be pure in our heart, in our thoughts, in our minds. Um, and and it does touch, like, the easiest example of that is kind of with this sexual immorality topic, I think. You know, there's so much in the temporal, temporal, earthly realm that has to do with what our flesh desires, whether it's sex, drugs, and alcohol, and, you know, all that party stuff or, or even things as simple as like the shows we watch or the music we listen to, like things like that. We want to keep our thoughts pure. And we know that, uh, through sanctification, God is helping us with that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was actually another thing you were going to talk about. No, no. I just, (laughs) I just got convicted in this moment because as I was preparing for this, I was like, you know, I, I don't really identify super closely with this passage because sexual sin is not really a huge temptation for me. Um, I, I had a, a bit of a struggle with pornography in college, but that was like 14 years ago now. And I don't have those, you know, the, I don't have that, those urges anymore. That's not something that really attracts me at all. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't cheat on my wife at all. So I kind of read this section. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I got this covered. (laughs) You know, this is a message to someone else. But what you said about what we watch, what we listen to, what we see, what we accept, that was convicting because I watch TV shows and movies. My wife and I, the other night, we watched a a chick flick or a rom-com, whatever you want to call it, where, yeah, there was a couple who was not married and definitely was having some relations and we didn't think twice about it. Mm i mean i don't know like i i i think that we are called to be set apart and that we shouldn't watch stuff like that i mean i don't know if that's like the worst thing in the world but would we have watched that if jesus were sitting next to us on the couch
1: probably not maybe maybe not no i i think uh it's there's another. I, I mean, I'm all in on the Lutheran theology train today. <laughs> so, Go so there's another it, another Lutheran theology uh, idea that talks about law and gospel. The easy thing here, we've we've talked a little bit about it before, but like law, like this can be a very law heavy section in a book of the Bible that's very encouraging, very positive. This section it strikes a little bit different because it can it can come off as like, oh, well, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. All these rules of what you should or shouldn't do, the gospel is freeing of that. And sanctification, that process of being justified, sanctified, set apart, it frees you from that worry of, am I doing what's right or wrong? Because you know that God is with you. He's already forgiven you. Right. So I know in his message, like Pastor Greg talked a lot about Pornography, lust, social media, kind of same sex attraction, marital, you know, affairs, things like that. Um, living with your spouse before marriage, or or after you've been uh, separated, things like that. Like, it's so easy to feel convicted, and it's so easy to forget that there is forgiveness for that. But we are called to set apart, and so the, they go hand in hand. Where you want to be living your life in a way that is pleasing to God, and you're showing others that we are different. That Christians have a love, have a God who is different, who uh, who helps us to live a way that's pleasing to Him and helpful for us. Because all of these issues, whether it's you know just watching a TV show or or you know lately i i read a book that had some s- explicit content in it that i was like i don't think i should be reading this and i powered through the book i was like <laughs> i didn't feel good about it after the end i was like all right i don't know if i'm going to continue reading this series but at the same time you know it, we think like well god you know god's teaching us through this and you know
0: we we see things in the world and we want to live different because of what we see that's not good yeah and we we also need to give ourselves grace and acknowledge that mm-hmm. God gives us grace and that we're not going to be perfect, but strive to be better. And I love that you brought up Romans twelve too, because you you know we we focused on that for the first part of that verse. Do not conform to the pattern of the world. So how how do we not be transformed by the renewing of your mind? And to me, that's taking some of those worldly cultural things out and replacing them with Christian music, having conversations with friends, spouse, coworkers, parents, whoever about faith, um, getting in the word praying. Like I I know it can sound kind of cliche to say stuff like that, but I know for a fact when I spend even just a couple minutes each day in the word, I feel so much more plugged in and just honestly good about where I'm at. Yeah, absolutely. I love uh one of the passages Pastor
1: Greg brought up too is 1 Corinthians 6:20. You were bought with a price, therefore honor your honor God with your bodies. So knowing that Jesus bought us, you know, he's the one who created us, he's the one who redeemed us from our sin, that's what we're living out of. That's where transformation comes from so that we can then do the second part of that honor god with your bodies you know our thoughts our minds whatever it may be that you personally struggle with you you can re- lean back and rely on the fact that that you were bought that Jesus is is right there he's he's already
0: taking care of it for you i love that all right so let's get to our second question how do i apply this message to my life yeah um
1: i think It's a, it's a return for me to the gospel message. So thinking about not just, okay, what do I need to do to be set apart, to live a sanctified life, but to think along the terms of, well, God has already transformed me. So I think what I'm taking away is that I want to look back on my life and see those points where I really did struggle with different things and see how much farther I've come just in my walk with Christ and to rejoice
0: into, uh, uh, find joy in that. I love that. Uh, For me, Greg talked a lot about how the gospel is personal. Mm. And a lot of the time when I think about salvation or read verses about salvation, I think about it in terms of God giving all of humanity a life raft. He died to give us a chance to be sanctified, sanctified, excuse me, through Christ and join him in heaven. And yes, that's true. But Christ personally died for me, for you, And so like, I was thinking about it today. I was like, as the nail is going into Jesus's wrist, as he's being crucified, was he thinking about me as he is dying and descending into hell? Is he thinking, I'm doing this for Dan, Dan, I got you. And obviously I don't know the answer to that specifically, but I think so. I I agree. <laughs> I, I think he thought that about, yes, he thought that about co- humanity collectively, but somehow in his godly way, he was able to think about each individual person and look ahead and be like, Caleb, this, what I'm going through right now really, really sucks, but I am so excited that I get to meet you someday and that, you know, you get a chance to join me in heaven. I can't wait for that. Hmm. And that was, I don't know, that just made it feel real to me, and I, I really enjoyed that. It's awesome to look forward to that too, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's all we got time for today. Thank you, King Kings family, for joining us. Let's continue to live our faith lives beyond Sunday.